American Redoubt Radio Operators Network and is a nationwide disaster preparedness network made up of patient-oriented radio operators. So, Amron phonetically, Alpha, Mike, Romeo, Romeo, Oscar, November. This is a directed net, so please hold any traffic until that control station calls for it. Any emergency traffic may break in at any time. Covering tactics, techniques, news, technology, and concepts related to emergency and civil defense communications in support of the American Redoubt Radio Operators Network and communications in austere environments in general. Grid up or grid down. This is Partisan Radio. After a long hiatus and high demand, welcome to Volume 44, The Return of Partisan Radio. I am John Jacob Schmidt. Thank you for listening. For those of you who may be new to Amron or Radio Free Redoubt, let me briefly reintroduce you to Partisan Radio. The Partisan Radio podcast, designed to be a weekly or a bi-weekly 15 to 20 minute audio podcast, is intended to bring you updates, news, history, and information related to emergency, disaster, and civil defense communications from a patriot perspective, especially designed with the Amron radio operator in mind. It's been a while. In fact, the last episode of Partisan Radio, uh, volume 43, was produced on January 10th of 2017, so over two years. Well, it's back. Uh, There's a lot of great information that I trust you'll benefit greatly from in the previous podcasts, which began in 2015, are still posted at partisanradio.podbean.com and have been very, very popular. Uh, Those are all archived for you to listen to or download there. Uh, Thank you for sharing those with your like-minded patriot friends and family. Uh, especially if they have an interest in communications. You can also simply go to our main website, amron.com, and type partisan radio in the search box. And there you'll see each episode posted separately with each episode containing links and resources that were covered in that particular podcast. The current Amron Communications Network condition level is Amcon 5, the lowest Amron condition level with no known imminent threats to our communications infrastructure. And if you're a net control operator, be sure to announce the most current Amcon level in the preamble of your net script. Now, normally, I cover uh, various different categories during these, but this is the reintroduction after a two-year hiatus. So, uh, normally, we would cover Amron-specific related topics uh, after action reviews, pre- and post-training exercise information, and updates about Amron in general. Plus, amateur radio and emergency communications news, history of radio, as it relates to emergencies, wartime, underground resistance, and significant milestones in two-way radio communications. I will usually cover a this week's main topic, and then uh, security, intelligence, and communications-related news and updates, such as uh, OPSEC, COMSEC. Uh, usually, we'll cover communications resources to help you grow, and that also includes new technology and product reviews. And then finally, I usually will end these with a send your questions to JJS. And uh, you can do that by sending your questions about emergency communications, radio communications, or Amron in general to John Jacob at RadioFreeRedoubt.com. 
The first thing I want to cover today is T-Rex 2019. That is on uh, the T the teaser trailer video. Uh, basically, it's a mark your calendars video. About one minute and 15 seconds is posted at Amron.com. And we should be getting that out on our social media as well. So please help spread the word far and wide. We're going to give you a lot more guidance to come. Uh, we're going to give you a lot more guidance uh, in the coming weeks, I should say. The T-Rex development team is meeting regularly uh, each week. And then, of course, we're talking in between those meetings as well. We're reviewing last year's after action review or after action report, however you want to call that, the AAR. Uh, We're identifying strengths and weaknesses. We are looking at the strengths and weaknesses that were identified by us and you out there in the uh, Amron network. Uh, Areas we need to improve, clarify, eliminate, or simply make adjustments so you can be more effective as an operator and we can be more effective and efficient, all of us, as a network and an organization. So as we develop this year's exercise, we're taking into account all your feedback and input. Keep checking uh, for updates at Amron.com, including videos and other updated information will be there to help better prepare you for what to expect and how to participate in T-Rex 2019. That's uh, July 26th, 27th, and 28th. It's a Friday through Sunday event. So mark your calendars, take the time off, and get your friends and family, your, your mutual assistant group, your your militia, your church emergency community disaster team, your or just your family or just yourself to begin uh, practicing your emergency communications plan, whatever that might be, how you envision that. Get your gear out and practice, but heavy emphasis is on emergency communications. We'll be talking about that and walking you through how to make improvements so you can stay informed, hopefully even inform others and coordinate with others. The next thing I want to cover is Amron University. We also posted a video for Amron University. We call it the Spring Teaser, announcing uh, courses will be coming online this summer. We don't have a specific date. We'll let you know, but those courses are being added, developed right now. The infrastructure is being put in place for uh, online learning for emergency communications, especially as it pertains to uh, supporting the Amron mission. Uh, So I'll just point you to that video so I'm not repeating what's there. And what is there is all we have right now. I have no further details at this time other than we are working feverishly to get that up and running on a regular basis. The next thing I want to cover are white papers. Now, there are several white papers that have either been posted in the previous weeks or are in various phases of draft form, which will be coming very soon. So what is a white paper? A white paper is simply a document, usually one page, sometimes two, which add clarification to a policy or a tactic, technique, or procedure. We call TTPs. A white paper may also be used to introduce brand new policy or TTPs, tactics, techniques, or procedures, which haven't been widely formalized yet. It serves to jumpstart you toward implementing something that's been identified as necessary for administrative or operational purposes, but may have not worked its way into official guidance and guides and and the stuff that's in your hands. A white paper is usually intended to be a quick response to address an issue, which will likely eventually be added as permanent guidance or policy or a TTP at some point in the future. So white papers are considered official. So what are the the specific white papers that we're talking about? By the way, these 
white papers that I'm about ready to cover have been posted at Amron.com for you to review, download, and print. And to add to your comms binder for Amron Radio Ops, they will be added to, in some form or another, to version four of the SOI, and I'll be talking more on that in just a moment. Okay, so let's talk about these th- these three white papers that are up right now. I want to uh, identify these first. Uh, the, the white paper on the file naming protocol. This is to provide guidance for implementing a standardized file name format when saving digital copies of messages or forms or other traffic generated by Amron station operators. It's also suitable, of course, for handwritten uh, message traffic as well. But uh, we found that this is the best format for retrieving traffic when you have especially digital traffic and you have a high volume of traffic stored on your computer that you're using for digital modes and trying to retrieve that this method and uh, we're going to have uh, additional guidance and this will also be uh, one of the uh, lessons that will be at Amron University how to properly uh, use the uh, standardized file name format with your date time group starting off with the year, then the month, then the day, followed by the Zulu time, and then the precedence level, then the uh, two-digit uh, abbreviation of your location, your state, and then the suffix of your call sign, just the last three, and then the uh, message number that you've assigned on it in, in sequence, starting with 001 all the way on up throughout the incident. And uh, that information is everything that you need to learn about the standardized file naming format is in that white paper. The other thing that uh, is really exciting is the Amron Intelligence Brief. We have, during our nets for the past several years, since the beginning of Amron, during the nets, we practice passing on a piece of information with the, with the intention of having that piece of information get passed along throughout the net so that everyone participating in nets gets this piece of information. And we have used a net word of the week, which is generated, created by the national 20-meter net control station operator it will be a number followed by a a two-digit number and that's how we know that this piece of traffic is getting uh sent all is getting populated all throughout the the network but what we've done is implemented an amron intelligence brief every tuesday And the purpose of that white paper is to provide an understanding of the AIB or the Amron Intelligence Brief as a training tool to provide opportunities for handling real world intelligence information for network wide distribution among Amron radio operators on a scheduled and consistent basis every Tuesday at 20 hundred hours on 20 meters and then on 40 meters. That's done on the digital modes FL message followed by. FLAMP. So the Amron Intelligence Brief or Intel Brief uh, being a weekly distribution of real world intelligence compiled from reports produced by Alerts USA Threat Journal and Forward Observer National Intelligence Daily Report. It will be initiated by Amron National each week 
And then that is uh, distributed throughout the network. Now, a lot of you work during the day or you have other obligations where you're not available. And you ask, how can I get this? Well, there are operators who are retired or self-employed or otherwise they have flexible schedules where they are able to get it. So far, each week, the network of the week has been widely distributed each week. So when you get on the air in the evening, chances are somebody out there on the air has it. And they are passing that along each Tuesday uh, into the evening to make sure as many people get it as possible. And especially the net control station operators, they're grabbing it. Uh, If you, for some reason, can't get it, then you can get get that intelligence brief, real-world traffic, uh, during the scheduled Amron nets. So uh, that has been uh, something that's been really fun to do and participate in. And it's exciting because it's real traffic and a chance for the net to uh, really kind of flex its um, electromagnetic muscle. All right, now third, the uh, white paper. And of course, there's more information forthcoming on this, but everything you need to know to participate is in these white papers. The next one is uh, checksum utilities. It's actually titled hashing files with checksum utilities. So a checksum, and this is free software, and there are links to the software in the white paper with examples of how to use it. And essentially, this is this is a skill that you will probably need in the future. So we are building that in now. What it does is it is it essentially compares the fingerprint of a unique file. In this case, we're sending out a K2S file, which is a custom Amron form. It's filled out the the each week with the Amron intelligence brief. We're also sending out the hash for that file using a checksum utility. A checksum utility is a fancy way of saying a program that you download that you can compare to make sure, uh, you can compare the uh, fingerprint of that to make sure that that document is authentic. In other words, what was sent out, what you received is precisely the same thing as what was sent out. Every period, every space, uppercase, lowercase, everything is exactly the way that it's been sent out. Why do you need to know that? Because you need to know that what you have in your hand has not been intercepted, changed, altered, tampered with, and then sent on to you, and you're getting erroneous information. This is also really important for medical personnel, for example, when you have a doctor prescribing a medication where the information has to be absolutely perfectly correct. No mistakes. Uh, If you have a search and rescue team that is looking for a stranded party that needs to be rescued and they were able to get their grid coordinates out, every number in that grid coordinate has to be precise. So there are times when you want to make sure that what you're getting is exactly what was sent out and uh, with our forward error correction modes like FSQR correction with FLAMP or WinLink, uh, those are forward error correcting modes. So you have no errors. And the way to make sure that that doesn't have any errors is if you can hash that file or do a checksum on that file to make sure it is perfectly intact. So uh, that is a great tool. It's fun to use. And 
uh, everything you need to know about how to use that is in that white paper. And finally, I want to talk about the SOI real quick. Version 4 is being worked on. It is an ongoing project. Now, right now, if something happens, go to the SOI. Once you meet up with others on the air, then follow the instructions from Net Control. They'll adjust fire once they've been able to assess the situation, what type of an event they're dealing with, what communications and manpower are, will be necessary to meet the needs of the situation. And then decisions will be made, and then they will direct you, if necessary, uh, to the times, places, modes for any changes that we may have to make. They will be coordinating with other net control station operators as well. Again, if an emergency happens this week, next week, next month, and the, the new SOI isn't out yet, don't worry. Uh, Amron operators will be taken to the airwaves. And if you do and you see practices or modes that don't follow precisely to the SOI, don't freak out. The SOI is guidance for meeting up on the air with each other. Then you can assess the situation and make changes. The situation, more specifically the elements of the situation that you can't control, will often dictate your course of action. So be flexible and ready to dodge and weave, shift left and right and adjust fire. Respond to the situation and adjust. Stick to the plan, but be prepared to adjust when the conditions require it. Net control uh, directions take precedent over the SOI. They are experienced. They know what calls to make and when, and they have a reason. They'll provide options, and they, they know what options are available to them for flexibility to find alternative frequencies or modes or even bands. And uh, guidance for that will also be considered for the new SOI. And that will be uh, available no later than a month before T-Rex. Uh, you can still get the SOI and it is still usable. <clears throat> it will still be usable as far as the modes, uh, the frequencies. But uh, five years ago, the way the solar cycle was, the SOI worked five, six years ago. The solar cycle and the band conditions have changed. So what we were trying to do is find, uh, there are also new modes that have been developed that we are using unofficially on the air. And uh, so there are people on the air in a real world emergency and you use SOI version three, get on the air, you're going to meet people, you're going to bump into people and you're going to be able to get traffic passed. But uh, you will also see people using modes, uh, possibly switching to other bands that are not in the SOI. That is because experience has shown some modes or some bands are operating better than what the SOI might indicate. So uh, they have learned to adjust fire during operations. So uh, anyway, that is being worked on. There is a lot that we're adding to it and, and considering. Eventually that will be a radio operator's field guide and the SOI will be a very small stripped down list of frequencies, times, and modes like an SOI is supposed to be. And then everything else as far as reports and how to do reports and procedures and all that will actually be in a radio operator's field guide. And uh, hopefully by summer of 2020, we'll have that done. So a little over a year from now. Uh, one of the next uh, white papers that I'm working on 
is the uh, what we call tri-mode or quad-mode. Uh, we have persistent presence nets, essentially, without net control stations, but they're Amron operators that are on the airwaves at almost any given time during the day on the West Coast and the East Coast. And what they've been doing is experimenting with a, uh, a persistent presence where they're always on their training and exchanging information and trying these new modes. Those are mostly the operators that are getting the Amron intelligence brief and then passing that on throughout the country each Tuesday. This white paper is going to talk about how we are using the waterfall on FL Digi and where we are placing these different modes on the waterfall. One little heads up, FL Digi Contestia 4250 at 1,000 on the waterfall, not 1,200 on the waterfall, 1,000. That's going to be permanent once the uh, new SOI comes out. FSQ Call, the USA version, defaults at 1500 on the waterfall and then uh, for js8 users we're parking anywhere between 1800 to 2200 on the waterfall so essentially 2000 on the waterfall plus or minus a couple hundred hertz and that's js8 call that's your try mode because you can run all of those modes simultaneously and have them going they all serve a different purpose they all have different strengths and weaknesses and it has really added a lot to our capabilities that we've discovered in the testing of these different modes. If you are using G Aram, of course, you know that that defaults on 1500 on the waterfall as well. And we are working on a protocol for uh, real world ops right now, a persistent presence net. There's not really a whole lot of interference between G Aram and FSQ call, with, which are both at 1500 on the waterfall. But at some point, especially when you go operational, it will need to adjust for GRM traffic so it doesn't interfere there. And uh, we're working on that. And that's where those modes, the operators that are using those modes in tri-mode or quad mode, that means all those modes simultaneously running at the same time, they're running beaconing or heartbeat or sounding, whatever you want to call it, which just puts out your call sign, your date time group. And it helps us ascertain the probability path between operators. It helps us determine what the band conditions are like and how strong of signals that we are experiencing between stations as the uh, as the bands kind of ebb and flow and change throughout the day. And if you need to know what the probability of hitting another station is, these have become really good, valuable tools. So be looking for that white paper to come. I'm looking at that going out next week. So that's all I have. You all have a blessed week. And for those of you who can make it to the Northwest Preparedness Expo and visit us at the Amron booth in central Washington, also known as the State of Liberty, we look forward to seeing you there Saturday and Sunday, March 13th, or April 13th and 14th. 73, everyone. God bless. I'm John Jacob Schmidt. Out. As ready, trained communicators, right up to the present time, radio hands have been busy every single minute. The ever-increasing group of radio amateurs who have equipped themselves at their own expense with two-way radio sets by amateurs who saw their opportunity to render a public service and paid off for Americans in trouble.